Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. So, Troy, uh, somebody tried scamming me earlier today. I don't oh? know if you've ever been in this kind of situation. It wasn't, you know, anything nerve-wracking or anything. It was my text. Okay. And, like, at around 10 o'clock this morning, I got a random text that said from a number I didn't have saved. Okay. Hey, are you free to come over tonight? I'm like... My response was, I think you have the wrong number. Good call. And then after that, I looked up the number. I noticed the error code I thought at first was 785. Took a closer look because I have a smaller phone than most people. I got a pretty generic iPhone, mm-hmm. the cheap version that they release. <laughs> and I noticed the, the area code is 786. I was like, oh, Ooh. where is that? So I Googled it, and it's Miami-Dade County. I'm like, well... I'm not cool enough to have any friends no, no, in Miami. No, no. Yeah. So and you're, not, I, you're not taking your talents to South Beach. And then I get response, oh, is this not Gabby? And then this person sends a picture of them two together. And it's a couple of young women, attractive. I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, shucks. I'm so sorry. Hopefully you won't be you know, offended by a nice girl like me. Okay, man, I, tail. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> immediately what I, comes to mind. So I was like, at that point, I was just like, delete the conversation. I'm out. That was a new one. Yeah. I had not heard of that attempt. That's a. Uh, I think there's more scammers out there that put out a little bit better effort. Wise move as well to a admit this on the air. And B to also make sure that you deleted the message so that. Your girlfriend's not oh, looking yeah. at I me. Mean, there's, there's no, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm covering my tracks uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. I'm here yeah. on air. But know. by by mentioning it on air, you should be all right. Yeah, yeah it's. But you I may remember, be teased like, incessantly about it. I don't but. ever recall like ever though, like being in, somebody trying to get me in a scam though. That's this really the first time. I and typically when it comes to scams, it's usually going after. I'll say the elderly. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Um, like, have you ever been? The worst is when you're trying to do uh, furniture sales online, say either on Craigslist or on oh, Facebook yeah. at this point. The, there's the, there's K-State Facebook groups like selling tickets and stuff, uh-huh. getting scammed. I know the Taylor Swift tickets online. Oh, there have been a lot of scams I there. Bet. Well, yeah. and people, you know, you, you got to be smarter about it. Like, before you get the tickets, people are asking you to send money on PayPal or PayPal or like um, – What's the uh, cash app? Yeah. You know, or, or send uh, this Google code, please, because I need to verify. Yeah. And you're sending money before you get anything or even have any interaction like face to face or Mm -hmm. anything. Like if you're trying to buy tickets, not on a secondary site or Ticketmaster or whatever, and it's online, you're probably getting scammed unless you know the person you recognize the person because if you just look at the uh, like Facebook accounts is where is is pretty popular right is to scam people and I've noticed this as well like my mom used to share stuff on Facebook that was like if you share this and like oh. the page and you could be winning this brand new camper that's worth sixty thousand dollars I'm like first of all no company has given away a sixty thousand no. dollar camper no you you have more. L- possibility of landing on the prices right at night than yeah. you do of winning that camper well what it is is just they, they you know it's a scam that they make themselves look like this legit business and all of a sudden that page is something completely different correct and then they're trying to rope you into something that if you do get roped into you're going to lose probably a, a pretty big chunk of money big time i remember my uh fortunately my grandma um i you know i thought this was quite elaborate that scammers, of course, outside, I think it was, you know, outside the United States, called my grandma and pretended to be a cousin of mine. And the scammer was like, hey, grandma, um, I went to Mexico for spring break. And of course, the call came like right after spring break time and was like, I'm in trouble. I got arrested. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, he's like, you know, don't don't tell dad. Don't tell my sisters but I need $5,000. And apparently this became actually a really popular scam. I mm-hmm. remember mm-hmm. was it RCPD had statements about it. Yep. Where there, a lot of people in this area were getting calls like this and people were getting scammed out of like five grand uh, because these people that were scamming them were doing their homework. They were doing a lot of background like homework mm-hmm. on this particular family the family tree, the names of these people. And by the way, the person also sounded a lot like my cousin. Yeah. And this was really duping a lot of people. People were falling for it, hook, line, and sinker, because it sounded very convincing. And the people really did their homework and to nail it, essentially. Like, get all the things right so nobody would question it. It sounded very legit. The internet was a mistake. <laughs> Some of it was. <laughs> Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion oh. Berkland today. Did you do trivia last night? You didn't host, or did you go? I did not, no. I just, you know, did my shortstop thing. So. Oh, yeah. Still doing mm-hmm. the old overnight gig, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to first give a shout-out as we continue Big 12 Media Day coverage. As in our one we are, we're not going to get to every coach. We're going to get to a lot of Chris Kleiman here in just a moment. Plus, in hour number two, uh, we did this earlier today, but Jordan Henriquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, Clint Stewart, who are now all a part of the purple and black team, 
Jordan and Clint as coaches slash GM and then DJ Johnson as a player were in studio earlier today to talk about the TBT, the basketball tournament, as they'll play a week from today in the first round as a two-seed playing at Coke Arena in Wichita. So ask Clint Stewart about beating KU and Lawrence and kind of did a little mini-interviews with all three of them, and you'll hear that starting at 5.10. Let's get to Chris Kleiman. Uh, actually, before that, I want to give a shout to to John Kurtz. John Kurtz and also, of course, former host of the show, Cole Manbeck, who is a co-host of mine on PowerCat mm-hmm. Game Day, mm-hmm. uh, down there with their Three Mob podcast at Big 12 Media Days, and they talked to Tim Weiser earlier today, who's a former uh, athletics director here at K-State in the 2000s decade, and um, is now deputy commissioner for the Big 12. And old John is going viral today because, <laughs> and I haven't listened to the full interview yet. I'm only about a third of the way through. But the actual quote actually came quite early in the podcast, talking Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. And I think it was Yahoo that picked up this quote and really ran with it. Because at first, I didn't really think it was like that big of a quote. I right. mean, it was interesting, but I didn't think it was that serious to make it really national news. But then as I really thought about it, and I listened to more of the explanation from Tim Weiser, so he said, you know, a pretty big reason, you know, of multiple, of course, but a big reason that, in his opinion, Texas left the Big 12 for the SEC, a program like Texas that, you know, exceeds or does not exceed or meet expectations year after year, would now like to start losing would rather lose to Alabama than K-State, would rather lose to Florida than Iowa State. And you brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. You've seen it all over social media that the SEC fan oh. bases not could so, be more upset about that. Not so much the SEC fan bases, just the Texas and Oklahoma fan bases. Oh, yeah. Well, and, he didn't say that about Oklahoma. No, it was a, it was specifically about Texas, but it but it's because it's gotten to that point where the two are interchangeable in people's minds, and yeah, well, yeah. you've got some Sooner fans who are exceptionally defensive about that. Well, don't ask us to be on big big noon kickoff every week if you're da 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 da. Listen to us when. Here's an idea. Listen to the rest of the conference when they want to expand. If there was any if there's any quote yesterday or today that. Texas Oklahoma fans should be upset about is that you know it was Brett Yormark who was asked about the recruiting recruiting oh, it was beautiful and you know what happens to Big Twelve recruiting once Texas and Oklahoma leaves he's like well I don't think it's going to be that bad I'm not this is an exact quote but he's like you know Texas and Oklahoma haven't been into the title game in a couple of years right you know I don't know if they're really making an impact on the way things are being recruited in the Big Twelve how people are being recruited in the Big 12. I thought that was a dynamite quote. Of course, that I didn't say it correctly, but it was something like that. And I thought that should have caught more attention than Absolutely. what Tim Weiser had to say. Yeah, but I would agree. I haven't gone through all of the podcasts, but it sounds excellent. And you know, Tim Weiser was very, very open about yes. talking about the current situation, about maybe adding a, a, a basketball-only member to the conference. And it was very good. So far, very good podcast from Cole and John. It's entertaining to recognize that those two fan bases right now are exceptionally butthurt. They are taking their licks, and they're not happy about it. Oh, well, we were mistreated. We were, we're being poorly treated. We've been da-da-da-da-da. Guys, 
You signed on for this conference. You signed the contracts for the TV package. You knew Big Noon Kickoff was going to be Fox's focus. You knew that that meant that you could wind up in that game a lot. You signed on to it. You agreed to it just like everybody else in the conference did. If you had a problem with it, you could have taken care of that a lot earlier than now. You shot down expansion multiple times over the course of the last decade because you didn't want to give up what you thought was your pocket of money and then want to sit there and talk about, well, we've carried this conference. You haven't carried. <laughs> your egos are what carry you. And I'm, I am so ready to be rid of the arrogance of both. All right, I wanted to get to Coach Kleiman. Let's take our first break. We'll get to Kleiman's comments at Big 12 Media Day earlier today. That's up next. It is hour one of the game on K-Man here in hour number one, going over uh, Big 12 Media Day stuff in day number two. We're going to hear from Chris Kleiman in just a moment. Plus, in hour number two, going to kick things off with Jordan Henriquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, and Clint Stewart. As they joined me for an interview in studio earlier today, we're going to play that back starting at 510, uh, promoting the Purple and Black, competing once again in the basketball tournament, competing for that $1 million grand prize, and it starts for them a week from today in Wichita. I had a call during the break asking about uh, Chris Kleiman's introduction to the press conference or as uh, his uh, statement at the beginning of the press conference because um, he mentioned the Big Ten, and I, I didn't think it was a big deal. He just slipped up. That's all it was, was that he was you know, praising Brett Yormark for his work and where he has the Big 12 just 11 months or 12 months into the into the job and you know the international footprint, the marketing, and just the uh, you know new events that the Big Twelve has come up with. The of course conference realignment, all the work that Brett Yormark has done in this year. Chris Kleiman was praising him for that, and uh, just accidentally said Big Ten instead of Big Twelve. I you know got a a short chuckle out of it. I was like, whoops. All right, <laughs> and we moved on. Not a big deal. It's whatever. Uh, also, um, I did not catch this part of today. But Matthew Sign, who's with the National Football Foundation, I guess brought up some rule changes for the uh, for uh, college football. The thing is, I and I didn't hear this, but I know what they are. I mean, you, there's no more consecutive timeouts uh, for a team. Uh, like for instance, like icing the kicker, you can't take multiple timeouts anymore. Um, no more extending quarters. Like, let's say at the end of the first quarter, there is a penalty on the last play that would give originally the offensive team another untimed down or an untimed down and they would just have one one more play in the first quarter they're not going to do that anymore they're just going to move right on to the second quarter same thing from the third to fourth quarter and of course the one that I think uh, makes the most impact is uh, the running clock rule now Mm -hmm. is that it will continue to run after an offense gains um, a first down except for the final two minutes of the first and second halves so um. So yeah, you know maybe we're gonna start having some quicker games. But the thing is, like, and I, and I noticed, especially with being the public address announcer the last couple of years and watching the chains and where they place the football, you got to pay attention to those kind of things. Yep. Um, that the clock has not. It's no. It, it wasn't any more like the clock would definitely stop until the chains were actually set. The chains are always moving 
when that clock starts yeah. again. It, yeah. So I, it is going to be a little bit of a difference for sure. But you know, I, I thought it was important that they they still have the clock stopping on first downs in the final two minutes. Um, it would be a m- bigger difference. I mean, it would be, it'd be the NFL, really, if you right. didn't have that rule. No, and, and indoor and arena football have utilized that for a long time uh, because it lengthens the final moments because guys want that opportunity to potentially get that tying score. You want to give the opportunities. And, yeah, the NFL doesn't allow it, but that's, you know, that's one of the great differences of college football over over the NFL. All right, let's get to Chris Kleiman. Some of these clips will be from his official press conference, some in a breakout session, so they're going to sound a little bit different. That's the reason why. Uh, One of the first questions out of the gate, how does he feel to be the hunted instead of the hunter? I'm kind of excited about it, actually. But in, in this league, I think everybody circles every game. I've never bought into one game is more important than another, because if you do, what are you going to tell your players the next week? That this one's not quite as important? But yeah, to be the hunted, um, the fact that uh, we're the defending Big 12 champs means nothing when you go into that game. I mean, it's still, you got to perform. You know, fortunately, we've had past experiences from my previous school that we had to win a championship and then come up back and follow up with another championship so i love the beginning and i love the end of that clip a lot of coach talk Mm -hmm. of course in the middle but he likes it at the beginning i do too this is the start of a dynasty guys the end of it where he's like listen i i'm used to being the hunted at north dakota state and guess what and of course he didn't say this exactly but of course what he means is you know year after year we were backing up our previous national championship with another national championship. Right. I think he just missed out on just one during his time. Sorry about that. Was that, that you? Was, yeah, that was on my phone. I went to hit a hit something, and just that moment, a notification. What came happens in. when you're on the phone? I know. I mean, you know, this can't this, stay off Twitter. This is what happens when YouTube sends the notification from Go Powercat. I don't know what you're going to do if Elon Musk just tanks that that app actually i'm just posting on threads oh yeah you're, you're dedicated <laughs> to threads now uh, yeah i've got threads i've got blue sky i've got oh my god but back to chris climbing in that you know the last part of that comment if it was me and because i mean i kind of i kind of took that as like a little bit of a cocky comment a little bit because yes. uh, but the thing is if it was me man i there's no way i can make a comment like that and not have a lot of swagger behind it like listen guys I was at North Dakota State for like 26 years. We won 24 national mm-hmm. championships. <laughs> we win. I know how to win. Can't you see K-State is now going to be a consistent winner? I'd probably deliver a little bit more swagger uh, than climbing, but uh, needed to save uh, more swagger for more questions, I'm sure. Of course, the QB has to come up, talking about Will Howard. I've just marveled at, at how he attacks his craft. He's always watching film. He's always breaking things down. He's always being a, a servant leader, which is very unselfish. He's meeting with tight ends, meeting with wideouts, meeting with running backs, and just sharing his knowledge of football. Uh, he's leaner this year. Uh, he's stronger. He's worked on some mechanical things. We're going to see Will Howard's best year this year without question. And I thought last half of the season last year, he was probably the most improved player in all of college football, at least in the Big 12. I think a lot of us feel that way. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the most improved player after a couple of years of ups and downs, you know, having to be ready at any time to go in for an injured Skylar Thompson or Adrian Martinez. And he was definitely ready 
Um, certainly, I think in all three of those situations when the quarterback got hurt, he performed very well. Um, and then winning the Big 12 championship, I think, and I've said this before, he earned our trust. And he earned the coaching staff's trust. And the feeling about Will Howard coming into the game, and now he knows he's the guy. Right. So there's confidence right there. And with that now, him being the guy and having all this confidence behind him with the fan base is that now he can do, now he can become that leader that he wants to be. And I'm glad to hear that he's doing his eight-minute abs because I'm also trying to lean up or lean down a little bit or become leaner. I don't know how to phrase it. That, I'm trying to lose a couple. That photo, my goodness, today of them lined up, and I retweeted it because which of those guys is your quarterback out of those four? Will does not look like the quarterback. Will looks like he's ready to play defensive end. Tall, lean. By the way, he had a sharp uh, sharp haircut. Yep. Good suit on. Yep. I can confirm nobody uh, for K-State was wearing a chain that had <laughs> their highlight reel playing on it. Yeah, that too. On loop 24-7. That too. Let's see. What else do I want to play here? So this was I thought this was a good question about the potential of advancing the offense. That's because... You have Colin Klein back. You have Will Howard back. You have the entire offensive line back. You have some pretty uh, reliable guys in the backfield. Uh, just, you know, of course, some questions at wide receiver. But Chris Kleiman feels there is a ton of potential of advancing the offense this season. We've barely scratched on the surface of what we can do offensively. I, I really believe that. I, you know, and Colin had his first year and was phenomenal. But I saw some innovation. I saw even more things uh, in spring ball that they were able to do. And when you have a guy like Will that is so smart, I think that we're going to be able to, you know, even advance a lot of things that we've done. And we got to find ways to get guys to football now. Last year and the last few years, we're 22 and let's get the football to him some way. Now it's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have different touches. And I think it'll make us probably more difficult to defend. And on the defensive side of the football, you know, there were really three individuals that were brought up during the presser stuff. Daniel Green comes back after originally stating that he wasn't going to come back, didn't feel like he was. And then about a month later, catching the coaching staff off guard, he's like, I'm ready to come back for an extra year of eligibility. And now he's healthy. He got hurt at some point during last year and just wasn't the same player. I'm telling you. I think this is the equivalent of having Eli Huggins back for last year. I was excited as hell when Eli Huggins announced that he was coming back because talk about an anchor on that defensive line. Eli Huggins, just a stud. But you now have Daniel Green, who's your middle linebacker. He's the quarterback of of the defense who has more experience than anybody else. Right. And now he's healthy. And, you know, this wasn't said about Daniel Green, but it's like what Chris Kleiman said about Will Howard. Will Howard's about to have his best year. Well, Daniel Green, I think, is about to have his best year of football. The fact that he had the opportunity and could have gone to the NFL, much like we've talked about with Cooper Beebe, you know, Daniel definitely had that opportunity. Would he have gone in, in the draft? Would he have been left to be a free agent? Good question. I mean, he was a guy that was on that verge. Probably going to be a draft pick late now he, he's going to take the opportunity and try to play up, but in the process, absolutely knocks that defense into into shape right out of the box. The ball hawk is is healthy now. Yes. Kobe Savage at the safety position is going to be back, and more praise from Chris Kleiman on, on Kobe Savage being back and get ready to have a pretty big year. In the, I mean, we've talked like crazy over the summer about the secondary and its potential. 
where you have it's a mixture of guys who you're going to see on the field. You're going to see transfers, uh, all but one joining the team this year. Jordan Wright's the other who who redshirted last year, coming in from JUCO, and then you have uh, a couple of freshmen last year who at some point late in the year, second half of the year, thrown into the fire. And I think that's going to be a blessing in disguise. And now they're sophomores. But nobody gave Chris Kleiman more excitement to talk about than when asked about the defensive line, about the nose guard, the nose tackle position, on who's going to be the stud there. Uso. Uso, I'm just telling you, you watch Uso. Uso's trimmed down as much as he can trim down and still run at 337 pounds or something and athletic and strong. And uh, he learned a lot from Elo, Eli, and I'm excited for Uso and I'm excited for Damian Alaleo too. Shout out to Damian Leo, But it sounds like we have our starting nose guard, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe not necessarily a confirmation, but to me, it's pretty dang close mm-hmm. to that. And mm-hmm. I, I think we would have all assumed that this would be the guy next year. A lot of rotating, of course, at that nose guard position. But um, Dame, or, uh, Uso Sayamalu, who I guess has leaned down as well. Um, don't lose too much weight, please, because I have a nickname for you, Uso. But I need to ask you a personal question before I can actually give you that nickname. Once I get that question figured out, answered, I can then give you officially and publicly that nickname. All right, let's uh, take a break. That's going to wrap it up for Coach Kleiman. Now, I was hoping to have some player audio. I actually don't have that yet, so hopefully for tomorrow's show, I will have player audio for tomorrow. Uh, but when we come back, want to get to a couple of Big 12 coaches, including uh, Matt Campbell, who did make some comments, kind of, on the uh, gambling allegations, plus uh, Neil Brown actually getting some ESPN headlines because he did not like the media vote for the preseason poll. That's up next. We're back on the game, Mitch, Troy, and Trey. Hour number two, we'll kick things off. Jordan Enriquez, Roberts, Clint Stewart, DJ Johnson, three K-State men's basketball players, former that is, now with, uh, they are with Purple and Black, the K-State alumni team that'll be competing in the basketball tournament starting a week from today. They'll be in studio to talk about that. Let's get to, uh, well, we, we just talked about and just heard from the king of the conference. And now we go to the peasants. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We'll start with Matt Campbell. Man, this is a uh, kind of needs a back, bounce back year, doesn't he? Oh, my, does he. After, uh, well, currently trying to prove he's not a one and done. Uh, uh, it, uh, bounce back year after losing Brock Purdy. Did you like Hunter Deckers? In his, you know, he threw too many interceptions. Yes. Be honest with you, outside of those picks, I didn't think he was terrible. No. They just don't have a running game. Correct. Like, if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win a whole lot. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Milk the clock some. Some. Especially with the defense being as good as it was. Yes. On the field too much. All right. Well, if you can believe it, 
Um, there was a little bit of football talk about Iowa State. The breakout session was completely different. It was a lot more serious talk about a serious investigation going on. Mm. This was news that came out uh, roughly a couple of months ago that Iowa and Iowa State multiple student athletes under investigation for gambling. And it turns out from three, uh, according to this investigation, from three sports, 15 student athletes from Iowa State have been pinged. We don't know names yet, um, but we do know some of those names come from the Iowa State football team. A team, in my opinion, I mean, we knew from last year, really lacked star power. Well, they lost two pretty big stars last year. They're really their two best players for sure. Well, McDonald's gone. Xavier Hutchinson's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, for good reason, I think I voted Iowa State 13th place, and I have West Virginia in dead last. Didn't give big answers, but here's a couple of minutes from earlier today. The there's a lot of Iowa State media. I could recognize the voices talking to Matt Campbell about the uh, gambling investigation. Anything to report about anything roster anything? No, you know, and obviously I'm sure you're implying the gambling situation, but, uh, you know, obviously it continues to be an ongoing investigation and, you know, nothing that we can really comment about and, uh, you know, something we'll deal with as we kind of continue to learn about it and people continue to give us the information. How do you prepare for a season with that hanging over the program's head? Well, it's so minimalistic in terms of numbers that, um, you know, it's, we're all being educated on it. Um, you take it as a learning opportunity uh, with the young men on your team, and, and you grow forward. You know, so to me, it really hasn't hindered us or really hasn't paused us in any way, shape, or form as we continue to build this team. When you start practice in a couple of weeks, though, the guys that you do know are caught up in it. Do they get reps like they normally would? You have to adjust there. Or how do you approach that? Well, hopefully, you, you get a little bit more clarity as we get a little bit closer. But um, you know, I think you, you you take the information that you have by the time you get to that point of the season. And, and then you, you continue to put the team in the best situation to move itself forward. For- so obviously just a lot of coach talk, you know, right. nothing groundbreaking or anything. I, you know, all these student athletes and you know, that are under investigation for gambling, and it's not just Iowa State, of course, you know, other uh, universities have been pinged for this as well. But the rule changes that have taken place is that, you know, it used to be if you got caught gambling – on sports that um you know you're done for the year eligibility's gone for the year and now um you know if you're betting on your own team you could still be in some serious trouble if you're not you might be losing a game or two but it's not as an ultimate punishment as it used to be so of course Iowa State you know without anything official coming down so far Everything's going to be ran as normal because these guys aren't going to be missing full years, right. most likely. Right. And I mean, they would really have to screw up. They would really have to be doing things that, are, of course, extremely frowned upon to, to lose a year. And at this point, how do you approach it not knowing what any lengths of suspension or what any punishment may be? You have to just go forward that and get everybody ready as best you can or plan the way that you plan. You just it, it's it's way too nebulous of a situation right now to understand what you could do to change things. Well, of course, it, it, I guess some of it depends on how much money 
right. betting is royal. I think if they're, as long as they're not betting all their NIL money um, and not betting on their own team, they should be okay. But as far as I understand, I think that's how the rule changes went down. Um, but then you have West Virginia, who again, you know, it was to me, West Virginia and Iowa State kind of flipped a coin on who I was going to pick to finish dead last in the conference because I am not believing in them whatsoever. And I think, you know, it's a, I think there is a coaching issue in, in Morgantown. Neil Brown is consistently mm-hmm. at 500. I think they're going to get, because don't they open up at, at West or at, um, at Penn State? Yes. And probably going to get just absolutely throttled. Waxed. Um, at Penn State, they avoid K State this year. Lucky them, but yeah. When you have to put out a release that you're keeping your coach around for another right. year, you're, yeah. you're you have a bad situation. You're, you're in you're in a bad spot. You're just yeah. going to stretch it out another year. I don't expect Neil Brown to be back after this season, but you never know with West Virginia. West Virginia's picked to finish dead last in the conference, according to the media. Neil Brown was not a happy camper. Upset about the media poll. Uh, definitely do not agree with that. Uh, the good thing, the positive is that the media has not been, uh, as far as predicting the Big 12, has not been very successful in recent years. So I think that's that, uh, that bodes well for us. Um, this is why I disagree. And this is why, uh, first of all, it starts with belief in our staff and belief in our players. And, and then how we finish will be the next thing. We beat Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma State on the road, winning two of our last three games. Offensively, this is going to be our best group. And then we have 132 starts returning on the offensive line. 132. If that's not most in the country, it's got to be close. And within that group, we've got four former freshman All-Americans. We've got three uh, for sure, all conference type players. Two of them are here today with us Zach Frazier, who's a two time All American, and then Doug Nestor. We have a budding superstar at running back and CJ Donaldson. Defensively, we're going to be one of the most improved units in the Big 12, if not in the country. And we have all league type players at each level. And those guys are here today Sean Martin at defensive end, Lee Koba, who'll be one of the leading tacklers in the conference this year, at Mike Linebacker, and then Aubrey Burks. Uh, it's safety and all three of those guys are here and we've added talented experience in the secondary through the transfer portal and so and then returning in the, on special teams we've got our kicker and our long our, our punter and our long snapper who who are both two of the better ones in our league any thoughts after that do you believe what he has to say you know offensively I, I I'm listening honestly I am I don't think they're going to be terrible I'm not sure about Garrett Green. Mm-hmm. Threw for 55% completion percentage last year. He was a late starter um, last year, but I mean, it's not like Neil has had some bad quarterbacks or anything. That's a pretty talented guys. Yes. But you want to talk about just inconsistent offense. Offensive line should be pretty decent. And I'm I'm high on CJ Donaldson. When it comes to the West Virginia defense, they are having to rely on on transfers. I'm not too high on their transfers, to be honest with you. They're just going for depth. They're not a whole lot of playmakers. Mm-mm. They're going to rotate guys in and out and just try to keep a good pace. But you don't have any stars. Dante Stills is gone. That was about it. And you're at a point where can you afford to do a rebuild? And that's effectively what he's trying to do now. 
in a case where he's only got, really, one year to prove himself. That's an impossible situation. It's a lot on that defensive side that has to come together. It really does. I don't know. I couldn't do it. I'm not bought in on, on, on West Virginia. I'm not bought in on Iowa State. All right, when we come back, we'll finish up the hour. Um, Going to try to squeeze in Brent Venables after this. All right, quickly, here's Brent Venables addressing getting better on defense. We haven't been good on defense for a long time, and uh, but everywhere I've been, it's been a, a rebuilding process to some degree. And we got a lot of work to do, uh, but there's no area on defense. We led the Big 12 in uh, interceptions. We led the Big 12 in tackles for loss. So what's that do for you? It's, those are building blocks, things that uh, you can build from. Scoring defense, I think we're you know, in the 90s. Uh, that's where it starts, keeping people out of the end zone, becoming a better red zone uh, defense, uh, stopping people. Uh, we were really poor, you know, stopping people in the run game. I think leading the country last year, you got to be around 2.4 yards a carry, and we were at 4.4 yards a carry. So how do we shave off, you know, a couple of yards? It, you know, a couple of yards is a lot. I get it. You know, I, I know what that looks like. I believe we'll be better because of the returning experience. We'll be better fundamentally. We'll be better aggressiveness. We'll be better with our timing and our precision and our physicality as a result of some returning experience. Guys like Danny Stutzman or Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence, Woody Washington, Jonah, Ethan Downs, and then the addition. And again, we've got nine guys, six guys up front, two All-American linebackers, a hard-hitting safety and Reggie Pearson. I believe we'll be better up the middle of our defense. You know, I look at where we were at really at every single position. We didn't have the competitive depth a year ago, and we started the year uh, pretty strong, and, and then we didn't finish the year very well. And particularly in those, again, those fourth quarters of a bunch of games, we just didn't have any juice left about the middle of the year uh, on. So uh, the competitive depth will lead to better competitive stamina. It is about depth. That I mean, man, all that defense had last year was pass rush. Yep. We're getting some tackles for loss on first down. Wasn't getting it done on third down. They gave up too many yards a game. They just got eaten up in the secondary. Brent Venables would not predict that guy to have the second worst defense in the Big 12. Coming up next, Jordan Riquez Roberts, DJ Johnson, Clint Stewart. We're talking purple and black next. So is your local news.